Everything from overlanding in your stock rig to full-on Ellis-powered two buggies on stickies. This is the Total Off-Road Podcast. I'm Derek. And I'm Mike, and welcome to episode 167. So, I listened to the last couple intros that Steve did very closely, and he definitely says full-on LS-powered two buggies on stickies. Now, it may used to have been full-blown, and just kind of slowly progressed into this. So, I'm going back. I'm changing my ways. Went back to full-on instead of blown. I think blown's better. I mean, it's just is my it, opinion. So is, it, is, it, is it like full blown? Like it's got a giant YN blower on top of it? Because if so, then I also think blown's better. I would say this is a full blown podcast, not a full on podcast. Somebody's blowing somebody. Wait, oh crap! Oh, Patreon. Keep it for later, <laughs> Derek. Sorry, I'm already. I'm just looking at my beers and I'm already drunk. <laughs> not even one sip in. I haven't even heard that crispity crunch of the opening of a beer yet. Oh, you mean this? Oh, so crispity. So crispity. I hope that comes through. It didn't I heard it. It came through on Audacity. Well, it came through on Teams, but I don't know if it came through on Audacity. Oh, on I get Audacity. you. I've got two beers this week. I don't know if I'll get to the second one before we go to the Patreon. If we do, the Patreon will be wild. Lit. But my first one is a triptych Leet Wheat L33T Wheat. Wheat. Feature, featuring Cara Cara Orange Puree. I, I, I don't know what that is. But it's an easy drinking lager, and I think it's a lager. Is it a lager? Usually, uh, wheat beers are lager. I mean, wheat beer is not necessarily a lager, but it's it's like a is a wheat ale a lager or is it a wheat lager? Like, it just says an American wheat beer. Okay, so it's just a wheat beer. I mean, Blue Moon's yeah. a wheat beer. You wouldn't call it a a lager. You wouldn't call it an ale. You just call it a wheat beer, right? Yeah, but. It's one or the other, right? Lager or ale? Like, there's two types. I mean, it could of beer. be a pilsner. Like top, top down fermented. I don't know. Yeah, but a pilsner is like a light lager, isn't it? Uh, yes. I don't know. I should know that, but I don't. I don't either. Anyway, it's nice. It's like a wheat. It's kind of like a shock top, but like better. That's all there is to it. Derek, it's got I'm a little bit of. It's got a tinge of orange. It's it's like a nice, easy drinking, refreshing wheat beer. And it's almost certainly expired, or like Best Buy, yeah, by like four months. <laughs> I'm surprised it's only four months, considering how long you've been out there. Four months and two years. No, no, it's been six. It's six months. Okay, well, regardless, I I can't do math. I gotta be honest with you. You're always a little bit more prepared than I am when it comes to beer. There was one week where I was like, uh, "It's a stout." I don't remember who makes it. It sucks. Uh, this week, <laughs> I at was, least know what I'm drinking. That was a funny one. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't even know what that was. Actually, I should know what it is because there's still two of them in my fridge because I can't get rid of them because they suck. <laughs> they just suck. So they just sit there looking. I'm like, why are you here? Go away. Like, what am I going to do? Dump you, it out. But you also can't throw out beer. So. Yeah, it, it's alcohol abuse. Just so anyway. When you're on your like like third beer of like a Friday night Ugh. and like and like Patty's got Elliot and you're just like, I just... I, I, Now's the time. Even Down when I'm drunk, head. I don't want to drink shitty beer, though. Wow. But you, well, you don't think Miller Lite is shitty? No, Miller Lite at least. No, 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 no. Hold on. Miller Lite is shitty beer, but it doesn't taste shitty. It's shitty in Got that, it. like, it's not good beer. But this Got beer it. It just, just tastes shitty. Taste. It just Got doesn't it. feel like yep. anything, right? Miller Lite tastes like nothing, but this one tastes act- actively bad. Actively bad. Yeah, like, every okay. sip, you're like, ah. Uh, that Miller sucks. Light is yeah, like that's tough. 
when you're uh, like today. Okay, I went and I worked on my dual battery setup a little bit today, mm-hmm. which I, I granted. Oh, by the way, it's Easter here, so happy Easter, everybody! It was a few days ago there, but it's Easter here. And when he says here, he means in podcast land time. It's Easter in California, not in Illinois. <laughs> no, we're behind. It's Easter in Illinois, but not in California. Depending on when we're recording this. Let's just pretend that we're doing Let's... it at 11 p.m. Saturday night before Easter in California yeah. time, which is 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. in Eastern time. Yeah, so we'll pretend like it's Easter here, but not there. Yeah. Happy Zombie Jesus Day. Yay. What were we talking Hope about? You, oh, yeah, beer. I don't know. Hope you had a nice Easter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking. I think my spaceship knows which way to go. I might even have that wrong. Either way, it's also a triptych beer uh, recently. Like David Bowie reference? Is that a David Bowie reference? I think so. It sounds like... Um... Oh, why can't I think of the song name? Hmm. I will. I'll look it up. You're probably right. I'm sure it's, it's always a reference to something in pop culture. I just don't know anything, and definitely don't know music very well. So anyway, it's a it's a double IPA. It's it's pretty tasty. I don't have the can with me, so I can't tell you like really anything else about it. But uh, I've had it before. They brewed another batch of it. It's good. Nice. That's awesome. It is a Dave Bowie song. It's called Space Oddity. Oh, nice. And it's the one that's like ground control to major term, and it's like all about. Oh yeah. That. Of course. Thing. Anyway. Cool. Yeah. Triptych is good. We're double tripticking. And then if I do get to my second or forget, it is a longboard island lager. We uh, went to some friend's house yesterday. Um, he had just, well, not just, he had gotten some duck hunting and boar hunting. I didn't know there was wild boar hunting in California, mm. actually. It okay. was really surprising. I knew there'd be duck hunting because there's ducks everywhere and geese everywhere. Sure. Um but yeah, he was like, yeah, I also hunted the the pork. And we were like, what? How? Awesome. Where? What? So I guess down like in like the Central Valley, which is like between the mountain range, it's like close to the coast and the Sierras, I think. I need to learn California geography better, apparently. But anyway, like, go over a mountain range and then you're down in a valley and there's just like a bunch of fields there and you can you can go wild boar hunting. Fun. So he did that. and It was amazing. And yeah, we had a good time yesterday. So you got to eat a bunch of wild game. And by yesterday, I mean today, since it's Saturday night at 11 p.m. Because people definitely believe that. Yeah, yeah, we convinced them. <laughs> We're good at this. Yeah, I got to eat some wild game, and it was very, very, very tasty. Nice. Yeah. Um. So you said we didn't really talk about this before the episode, but I'm curious to hear more about your dual battery setup, Michael. Oh, dual battery setup. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I know I've talked about this on here before, or the Patreon. I don't know who who can remember, right? But uh, somebody can, but it's not us. Like a billion years ago, you were like, "Hey, I'm gonna do a dual battery setup, and this is the solenoid I'm gonna use." And so I got one of those solenoids. Like I don't know, last year. Mm-hmm. It's a Cole Hersey twenty four something. <laughs> I used to have the number memorized. It might be twenty four two thirteen. I don't know. Two four two one three. Fact check me. I'm doing it right now. Okay. You are correct. Two four two one three. It's like a two hundred amp. Also, continuous. also little fuse two four two one three. Oh, nice. Cole Hersey. Okay. Which is why I knew about it because I worked for little fuse. That makes a lot I of sense. Tesla. Yep. So I got one of these fuses. I got a couple of two hundred amp maxi fuses. I built a little plate for it. I actually bought like a the stuff to crimp large wires to like both crimp and cut 
like a nice. big. It Not looks just like the a, hammer one. No, it's like a. It looks bolt like cutter. yeah. It looks like a like a bolt cutter, but it's made just a crimp nice. large gauge wire. So I bought all that stuff and I did it up real nice. And uh, it's almost done. The only thing that I was running into today was I forgot to paint the plate. Like I I cut a plate. I had some fourteen gauge diamond plate and I cut it and I drilled all the holes and I painted it. But then I got to the point where basically all the hot wires needed to like have a place to go. And I was like, oh, that's wet paint. So I had to stop because otherwise I'd probably short something and blow some expensive fuse. So mm-hmm. in the very near future, it'll be completely done. Granted, this is on my show truck. This isn't on my off-road rig. But regardless, you could use it on anything. The yeah. idea for me is that when I go to car shows, I run a bunch of like uh, strobe lights and stuff on my truck, radio, stereo, whatever. And it kills the battery, and then I have to jump it to leave the car show. So I set it up so that one battery is the house battery, the other battery is the starting battery, and when you turn the ignition off, it cuts the starting battery away from the accessory battery so that you can run all that stuff, and you completely deplete that battery, and then when you turn the ignition on, boom, everything's fine. The really cool thing about that solenoid is it's got some smart like features on it to where it'll switch over to the starting battery when you start it, and then while it's charging up, it'll start. It'll tr- fully charge the starting battery above a certain voltage threshold, and then it'll reconnect the auxiliary battery so that you're not charging two batteries at once and like overtaxing your alternator. I don't know if that's like a big deal on a vehicle. I think technically this is more for like agricultural equipment where you're like you've got like an array of many batteries that are auxiliary batteries or starting batteries. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty neat little setup, actually. So um, wait, how does that solenoid know anything? It's literally just a solenoid. It doesn't have any sort of computer in it or anything. Oh, maybe the part number you... Re- okay, so there's two versions, actually. Oh, okay. I think about it. So yours is kind of... Okay, so yours is a dumb one. Mine's a dumb one. I, I have one. Um, I don't remember what the part number is. Uh, let me... Maybe I can find it real quick. 200 amp solenoid um, that does that. Okay, it is... A four eight five three zero solenoid, same Cole Hersey brand or Little Fuse brand. Four, it's eight. the same solenoid. It just has like a little like ECU on the back of it, and it plugs into all the little doohickeys t- terminals on the solenoid. Interesting. So I don't have the <laughs> data sheet, but something like something like what I described, basically. No, that's so interesting. They call it they call it the smart battery isolator. It's not just a solenoid. Yeah, this one because it's just connected to like the two main terminals. One goes to one positive terminal, one goes to the other. Yeah. It's just gonna do what it does, ignition on or ignition off, but there's no thinking about it. Like it's gonna charge right. both batteries the same. Um gotcha. which I guess is fine. Somebody had, fi- I mean yeah. Somebody had mentioned, and I don't know if this is true, and maybe actually you might know the answer to this. If the one battery is completely dead and the other battery is fully charged and they are connected to each other. Will that affect starting? It should be already started. No, I'm saying like, okay, oh, so saying... I've turned the ignition on. I'm just oh, yeah, ignition yeah, yeah. on. I have two batteries currently connected to the starter. One is at zero volts. One's at like, 12.6 nominal, whatever. Is that going to, should... is the dead battery going to affect charging or affect starting? Starting. Yeah, it will. Cause there's more resistance. Or impedance, like, or I don't know what the actual term is. I don't know if it'll be a problem. What would be best if you could do it is when you're in start, 
have the auxiliary battery disconnected also. So like, yeah, it'll it'll connect the auxiliary battery when you're in the on position, and then when you go to start, it'll disconnect it again so that you can start the truck. And then when you go back to on, like when you stop key when your key goes back to on position, you know what I mean. So when you when your starter solenoid or sorry your starter relay engages, have it disengage the solenoid somehow. That is. Is that a thing? If I could find a spot on the ignition switch that was just start, I'd somehow have to relay that to something. Like I, I kind of have in my mind how I do it, but I can't explain it. You'd need. I think you'd probably need an one more relay to flip it. So like when, like an always on relay, and then when your starter signal hits that relay, it disconnects. That sounds too complicated. I'm not going to do that. Okay. It'll probably just yeah, be if fine. It, if it works, then you're fine. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm going to find out. You will indeed. If I like this setup auxiliary. enough, I might do a dual battery setup on Snow Day. Only for the winch, though. Because, like, right mm. now, it's a, I think I have a Red Top Optima. So if I were to run the winch with the truck off, it'd probably kill it pretty fast. I mean, it Maybe? depends, like, how much load you're pulling. I guess like, it depends on the really truck is fucking stuck. Yeah. yeah, if the truck is, like, stalled and stuck, I guess it could be a real bad day. Um, yeah, like, if, you're, if your winch is almost stalling for, like and you're at like 400 amps like yeah you'll burn a battery up or you'll you'll drain a battery pretty quick um but so you can I'll, always uh you can always um snatch block it too that's to true or the amp draw which would be it would be better to have half the amps for twice the amount of time than you know double the amps for half the time even though that's like the same number of amp hours because you're just going to generate less heat Oh yeah, so it probably lasts. Your battery would last longer just because of that alone. Exactly. Yep. So um, at work, and I might have mentioned this. I think it was a couple of months ago. We have a tray of old batteries, like you know, it's just a course. And there was a yellow top Optima sitting there, and I was like, "Hey, what's up with this battery?" And they're like, "Oh, uh, it's bad. You can just have it." I'm like, "Whatever." So I took it. It was a 2021 date code. And I was Whoa. like, this can't be bad, right? So I hooked it up. I have a, a fancy charger I bought from like Mac Tools and it's a digital, you know, does its whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I charged this battery all day and checked it and it was like 100% charge, 100% health. I looked this battery up and it's not even like a regular yellow top. It's like a, a ex- especially big one, which sucks because it won't fit into like a standard 3470 tray. Sure. It's a $340 battery. This is one year old. Oh my old. God. Yeah. And wow. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I don't so know why. Wait, how did, how did they it, determine it was bad? Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I wasn't there and nobody knows who did it. But either way, I was like, yoink. So I'm. Do you might... guys have like a load meter at work that you can like run a proper test on it? Because yeah. like it can. A bad battery with like dead cells could hold full charge, right? Oh, no. I mean, I tested it as in like I used a, a fancy. Oh, you did? Yeah. We oh, have okay, like okay. a $5,000 battery tester. I was like, I'm going to okay, see gotcha. what happens. Yeah. Maybe maybe somebody was like, my car won't start because they had the wrong size battery. Not that that makes any sense. but I have no idea. And it's way too mm-hmm. big to fit just about any Toyota, so I really don't know where it came from. But regardless, I got Sounds really like it would be a great Optima. second battery for Snow Day. Exactly. It'd kind of be nice. weird to make a custom tray just for a free battery you got once, but... <laughs> <laughs> but you might never make another tray for it again. I might not, exactly. Replace that battery again. Yeah. Or just make it slightly smaller, just walled on a tap or something. Because you can always make a tray smaller. It'd be harder to make it bigger. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I might just do it. Nice. Mm-hmm. 
What else is new on Yo Vehicles? Oh, I'm going to put most of this episode on you because I ain't done shit. Oh, no, it's all right. I have actually been uh, getting out and doing the at least some truck stuff. Unfortunately, none of it to Snow Day, although we'll get to that. Um, let's see. That covers the 94. I don't think I've done anything else to it. I've just been driving it. The reason I've been driving uh, my lifted show truck is because my 2008 Sierra has been at the body shop again because I went to install some rocker guard on the passenger rocker because it got replaced recently. It got replaced well, rocker, last year. Rocker guard is like... It's like a sludge. skateboard grip tape is the best way to describe it. Oh, okay. I got it's you. It's basically people are always kicking my rockers and it's starting to get scuffed up. And I was like, nah. So... Yeah, I lost yeah, some rocker guard. Well, I waited, I think, 120 days after the paint, and I went to install it. And you know how you kind of like stick a sticker down, and you pick it up to like make sure you got it in the right spot? Mm-hmm. It picked the paint right up off of it. And I was like, Oof. oh no. So I contacted the body shop, and they were like, no problem. Obviously, it didn't cure right. We'll take care of it. So they did, but I had That's to drive good. my show truck for a week. Um, yeah. I have Hopefully, a, no salt on the roads. Yeah, fortunately. Um, there's, I don't know. I'm not in the Midwest anymore. There's no salt out here. Lucky you. Except in the air, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Probably not enough to rot your rockers and your cab corners out. Definitely not, dude. I saw like a mint like 1992 Rav4. Wow. Like driving the other day, and I was like, that looks like it just rolled off the showroom floor. They must wax the fuck out of that thing because or otherwise like the, the clear would be gone. Or it was just in a garage, you know, or at least a car cover. Yeah, uh, something. Uh, what do you call it? Carport. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of those out here because it's like you can just build a carport like no problem, park your vehicle under it, and it's fine forever. Yeah, no shit. California sun would destroy some clear if you didn't. But I did see. Okay, sorry. I'm just going to take us on this anecdote right now since we're talking about vehicles in California. Go for it. So we've had an exceptionally wet winter, and it's been windy. And the two takeaways from that are. Since it never really rains heavily, every time it rains, especially the first time it rains, like all of the shit that's in the creeks, like bunches up against bridges and stuff that normally are not a problem. Hmm. And so we had some flooding and stuff like that. Obviously, there's been landslides. The wind recently has been crazy. There have been a couple giant redwoods in Palo Alto and other areas that have fallen. Oh, my God. And a redwood falling? When- I can't even imagine the disaster that is. It's pretty gnarly. So um, I watched one happen. I was riding my bike home from work. So new oh, fear no. unlocked. Um, I didn't know what was happening actually at the time. So I was riding down this road and like maybe 100 to 200 yards in front of me. I see this like big dust cloud and I'm like, wow, it's really windy up there. Maybe there's like a construction site and the wind is just gusting like all this dust. And so I keep riding I keep riding. I get closer and closer and I see this woman like out on her porch, like looking around with her hands on her hips, like shaking her head. And I look a little closer, and I see a tree has crushed the neighbor's house and her Prius. Oh, my God. Or something like that. And I was like, oh, God. And then I look up, and it, a redwood, this, it didn't completely topple over, but it broke in half. And, like, the whole top half just was like, wham. And so, like, the house wasn't crushed, but it definitely needs a new roof. But the but Prius I mean, was, or the leaf or whatever it was, was, like, very damaged. <laughs> but a redwood tree, aren't those, like, so, like, I've never actually seen one in person. Like, how many feet in diameter are we talking? Like. Um, well, there's, I guess there's different, I don't know much about trees. There's probably different species or different weather conditions drive different, like, trunk sizes. Because there's one, like, right behind our house that the trunk, I shit you not, is, like, 12 feet in diameter. Like, yeah, that's enormous. what I'm thinking when you said redwood. Yeah. I'm like, a car could, like, some drive of, through the damn thing. Some of them are a lot more, like, 
you know, log pole. Sure. Like, or, uh, sorry, power line pole. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Taper, where they're not as big at the base. And, yeah, so I guess this one pro- may have had some damage. Like, maybe lightning struck it, like, years and years ago, and so it was just weak in the middle. Wow. And it just went, broken the middle off. Um, but it was it was probably, I know, it was probably well over 100 feet tall um, on the part that, you know, not, not, it didn't break at a hundred feet, but like maybe the top 40 feet of a hundred foot tall tree broke off and fell. Crazy. So it was pretty gnarly. And then there's one down the block from us that wasn't quite as, we, we didn't see it, but we heard about it. Um, we didn't hear it fall, but we heard about it because people were like, did you see the redwood? Like this is the, that's the big news in Palo Alto. <laughs> anyway, so I digress. Um, yeah. So your car could get crushed by a tree, I guess, is the, the big issue out here <laughs> i mean that could happen to anybody i've seen a car crush uh, scratch that i've seen a tree crush a car in danville illinois during like a tornado situation yeah fair fair i've also seen cars crush trees but usually it's off-road yeah <laughs> exactly all right anyway so the 08 is in the body shop the it was the in the body shop i just recently got it back i oh, have nice. a really interesting story about that but i'm not gonna talk about it here uh that's patreon content i hate i hate to say that but it's just it's it's too inappropriate i don't know if it's necessarily too inappropriate but it's it's patreon specific i talked to the patrons about something and then something happened and anyway so just tune in later for that so if you want to be on the inside scoop join the patreon yeah so that Please. was fun. Um, so anyway, the 08 is back now. Uh, show day is, you know, getting the dual battery setup done. Uh, the 91, I got the heads put on the engine, which I know is not super exciting, but they're on. So the engine That's is getting built. I was actually going to keep going. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm moving. Like, I got the heads all torqued down. I got all my, I borrowed a torque wrench that had angle on it so I could, like, do all the head bolts right. And then I was like, I'm going to keep going. And I grabbed the next gasket out of the kit. And I was like, oh, this is wrong. And I was like, what about these gaskets? Oh, those are wrong. Damn. <laughs> so I was a little scared at first because I'm done torquing the heads. Right? I'm like, uh, what if the head gaskets were wrong? So I contacted my guy, uh, the guy that sold. He sold me both. Like he built the engine. He built the bottom end. And he gave me like basically all the parts to put the engine together. So I was like, I'll do it myself. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, the head gaskets are right. You got a Gen 3 LS uh, gasket kit. You need a Gen 4. No big deal. He's like, that uh, one would have fit an LS1. And you have like essentially like an LS3. And I was like, okay, cool. No big deal. He said he'd swap me out. So I'm going to go to Illinois in a couple of weeks and meet him and get my gasket kit. I potentially wanted to podcast with Steve, but it sounds like the 22nd, he's going to be crazy busy getting ready for a truck show. So I might just have to settle for a trip to Grun, maybe pick up some Thai food, something like that. I don't know. Hmm. You might be able to get Mang to come down and visit you and do a podcast in the in the studio. studio. So while Steve is while working his ass off, just yeah. we're just in the studio. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. Maybe. Or you could fly in. <laughs> Man, we we're going to go to Europe this summer to go to Le Mans because Matt Hayes invited me. Damn. And we wanted to go back to Europe. Well, where is the keyword? And then we like, we like bought the tickets, which were like, you know, 150, 180 bucks or something. Sunk cost um, at this point because flights are like over two grand round trip each. Mm. Yeah. That blows. So I would love to fly in, but I promise you I will not be able to afford it. (laughs) No shit. So you guys decided the tickets were too expensive to make the trip again? 
to Europe, yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Sorry to hear it. It's okay. Such is um, life. Yeah, I mean, part of it, too, is that, like, I, a big chunk of my compensation kicks in at the end of this year, so. Is that when Elon, like, writes you a special little note with a little heart at the end? The way that, like, a lot of tech companies operate is that you get, like, an equity portion of your pay, and so it's based on the stock price, and so... I guess so that people don't just join and then all oh, the stock went great. Then they like quit after they like give you the first like stock vesting after 12 months. And then it's every quarter after that. So it's a little bit more palatable. Um, but yeah, so it's a little, it's a little tight right now is all. I get it. Money wise. So, but anyway, I'll go, we'll go back eventually, but uh, yeah, wanted to be able to do things in California while we're here. So we don't want to just like sit around do nothing in California, save up for this Europe trip, go to Europe, and then come back and do nothing in California until December. <laughs> yeah, go uh, go to the cold-ass beach and eat some tacos, man. That's right. Yeah, that's all you do there, right? That's something to do, I well, guess. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> There's well, many I, things to do. That The things you do in California, you find some street tacos, and you go to the cold-ass beach. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the beach itself isn't cold, but the water is very cold, as I hear. Oh, yeah, especially up in the Bay Area. It's super cold. So you go to the beach just to hang out on the beach and work on that tan. Uh, it's Yeah, I wouldn't even go. I don't think people really go to the beach for that this far north. Like in, this, in like Southern California, yeah. but like. So what's the beach for? Surfing with a wetsuit only. <laughs> that doesn't sound like any fun. No, I just want to like all kinds chill. Of, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff to do. Hiking, mostly hiking. <laughs> Skiing is Tahoe's like three and a half hours away. It kind of sounds like there's no off-roading that goes on, Derek. There's plenty of off-roading. There's the Rubicon, but it's under snow right now. There's I'm Hollister, trying to say which... that you don't have a good excuse, Derek. Oh, to not to, to not, not go, go off-road. Uh, I don't. We're doing stuff. I guess is my only excuse. But I will be going to Hollister off-road state off state writing area i don't know what it's actually called but hollister hills uh in may sometime i don't know which weekend yet who are you going with uh co-workers oh really actually. you have some co-workers yeah. that are into wheeling there's a lot actually there's a guy with an 80 series that drove by my house and was like hey i've seen your car at tesla i was like oh sweet you work there then and we got into talking and um you know it's pretty tame it's not like Mr. Zumps on 40s, yeah. um, but it's on like, I think 35s, um, and then one of the guys that does some of the simulation work, he has like a XJ on 35s, and he's like, I don't care about it at all. Like, That's all XJ drive, Yeah, yeah, because he just bought a Bronco, and so that's like his like nice like overland type wheeler, like I'm going to go out into the wilderness and sleep in it type vehicle, so now he's got two, he's like, I could probably tow the XJ with the Bronco too, and I was like, yeah, you probably could. So, yeah. Did you say Bronco um, 2? Like, as in the little Bronco back in the day that was, like, no, the size no, of an no. S10? No, no. Bronco also. A new Bronco. <laughs> okay, just checking. No, it's nice. He's uh, He's got a hidden winch on it, and he's trying to figure out, like, the down... So, it's like, a, he bought a kit, and it's a hidden winch, and I'm not sure what winch it's designed for, because you cannot get to the clutch Oh, like at all. at all? Solenoid clutch. 
I guess, yeah, you could do like a, a wireless. Clutch. Some weird hit your way. dash. I don't know. I, I don't know. Warren, Warren makes a, Warren makes the like the Xeon 12 Platinum. You can engage and disengage the, pl- the clutch with a remote. Um, but he's like, I'm not spending, yeah, three grand or whatever that winch costs. Not to mention, you probably so, couldn't fit a winch that big on a hidden winch on that truck. Well, maybe. I guess they're not th- necessarily that much bigger when they go up in pounds. Yeah, um, I don't know. Interesting. Like point. when you go from a five to a ten, the size is huge difference. But like ten to twelve, is it just the same like physical body? Like it's not yeah, usually bigger. they're just different gearing, right? Yeah. So it's just slower. Um, yeah, he got the Harbor Freight a- Apex, whatever, which is like a worn Xeon knockoff, um, and like it fits nicely. You just can't get to the the handle and so i was like well i showed him my setup which is like i bolted something to the top of the handle ran a bunch of uh uh, ratchet extensions yeah and then have a handle under the hood and he's like yeah i could do that i don't really want it under the hood though i want it like accessible so he's like trying he's got a bunch of different ideas which i'm like i don't know if that'll work maybe um so you can do it from the side with like push pull i was gonna say what about like a cable setup you know what i mean Maybe, yeah. I you remember the... I used to have one uh, for the front differential in the GMT, what, 400s? There was like the, the push lock 4x4 thing. And yep. it physically would pull the front diff actuator and something like that. It was literally just like a really stiff cable you could just like pull and push. Yeah, you'd have to get creative because usually the winch clutch like handle is like 180 degrees. Oh, that's true, yeah. So you'd have to be at like a 45 or something to be able to hit both angles or something. Yeah, is it 180? Maybe. It's not just 90? Some are 90, some are 180. Because 180 would be mine, really hard. The one I have on mine is 90. No. Well, yeah, the one I have on mine is 90. And they also made a 180 degree version, I want to say. I don't remember. So speaking anyway. of taking a Ford <laughs> off-road, what about trail repairs, Derek? I thought you had other updates before we get into that. Not any more updates, man. What am I, what am I going to say? The, the, I, thought that, you had, the, I thought you had updates on uh, Snow Day. Oh, shoot. I guess I do. Kind of. Sort of. Should I talk about my off-road rig on here, though? I don't know. We should just skip it. Maybe, Maybe we, we should, should only talk about, about the on-road rigs and the show trucks and skip the off-road stuff. We could do that. My updates on the Mazda are it needs a new EGR <laughs> before I get it EGR. smogged. But thanks to Mr. Kyle Mang, uh, it looks like I might be able to keep the Mazda in the truck registered in Illinois. I just had, I still have to get them smogged in California. And then I just send that, that, uh, result back to Illinois and I can keep them registered since I have a house in Illinois still. So that's cool. I can keep my cool custom license plates and it's going to save me like a hundred dollars a year. <laughs> Yay. Each. Okay. I will talk about my update. All right, this do is, it. This is kind of exciting for me. It's actually, it's got me, it's got me kind of pumped. I think that actually this update has been the thing that made me work on all my other trucks. Oh yeah, you got ex- You're like, yes, I mean, progress. Like, it, it, it moved my motivation from like zero to ten. Nice. So, so I'm, I, I, you haven't told me. I, have, I know. Like, I, haven't I, have told, I haven't told anybody. People would have been like prying, and I was just like smiley face. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, um, limitless fabrication is back on the cage. Nice. It has been getting progress and the rear half is complete. It is fully what? welded and on the truck. 
Yes. Is, oh, the so the part that goes over the flatbed. Yeah, and the, the thing about this, like, I've seen it because like it was mocked up before, so like the mm-hmm. the parts were there, but now it's like burned in, done, ready to rock, and nice. more progress is happening. Now I'm probably not this weekend because it's Easter, but slowly but surely it's actually happening. Whereas before it wasn't really happening, now it's actually nice. happening. So That's when awesome. I got that news, I was like out in the garage i'm like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna grab this tool i've just been like just chucking away at my other projects because something about knowing i'm gonna get snow day back made me just want to work on trucks isn't that funny like the same thing like right now there's like a couple small things that i need to do to both the truck and the car but i'm like eh, they're both driving like i don't want to take them down but the second I do, I'm going to be like, all right, let's 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 get into it, you know? Um, and then when they're done, I'm going to be like, when are we going off-roading, guys? <laughs> Seriously. Another motivating factor awesome, I find, though. and I can't probably... Wait to see it. Oh, what are you saying? I can't wait to see it, Snow Day. Oh, yeah, I'm super stoked about it, too. Um, One of the driving factors, at least for me... I said driving factors is going to sound kind of punny is driving your vehicle. So like you don't drive, I don't drive show day ever. Right. And so then I drive it for a few days and I'm like, Hey, it needs this and this and this. And next thing you know, I'm like doing stuff to it. It's like, you know, out of sight, out of mind. As soon as you start using a vehicle, you're like, I should fix some of the stuff that's irritating me about this vehicle. Exactly. So yeah, it's been, it's been good. I've been chucking away and it's just a good feeling to, to get stuff done in the garage because I've been putting off a lot of stuff for a long time. That's awesome. Yeah. After I got, so the truck was like really annoying to drive because it had a squeak and I couldn't figure out what it was. And this squeak started when I was in Chicago and I drove all the way to California with the squeak and it just like had the music going and it was like enough that like it didn't bother me. But when you're just driving around town, especially with the windows down, like you can hear the squeak. It sounds like, butt on videos, like, did you say it sounds like, butt? Yeah, I was gonna say ass. But <laughs> just want to make funnier. sure you said it sounds like butt. It just sounds <laughs> shitty and janky on videos, and like, it ended up being a sway bar link. And I agree. I sprayed lubricant on it, and it went away. And I was like, "Wow!" So now it's pretty quiet all of a sudden. And the part okay. So there's like small things on the truck. I I, I need to get to at some point. In reality, there's also still like a lingering issue that I'm not super comfortable with long term. And it's just like this weird shutter. And it seems like it only does it in third and fourth gear, hmm. which makes me think that it's like the overdrive solenoid maybe on the 4080. I don't know. It's like you give it enough throttle before it downshifts and it just goes, you know, and. So I'm not sure what it is, but it could also be something just rattling from like weird harmonics on the truck. It's not like super loud, but it's an, it's a, it's loud enough that I'm not like, okay, it's not just like something weird. And it's obviously not the U-joints. I went through the drive shafts. Um, there's like some rattly things under the truck that I obviously can't check and see if that's what it is while I'm driving it. Um, you could so if you I, had a I, chassis here what is that a chassis here is a it's a pretty neat tool actually we use them at work it's a it's like a little it's a little transmitter with a little antenna on it and it's got mm-hmm. a, a metal clip and it has a little wire that goes to the transmitter it's got like some AAA batteries in it and you zip tie it or velcro it or do whatever to attach to the chassis 
And then you have a transmitter in the cab with a bunch of different channels, and each little box is its own channel. And if you oh, think you nice. hear a noise, you can like switch to like one of four or six channels and see if that's the noise. Whoa, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That would come in really handy. I do have a GoPro. I was thinking about just mounting it under the truck mm. and seeing if I can see things shaking, then moving it and see if it gets louder. Yeah, and that would the work audio too. Audio of the GoPro. Um, there is like a. So we so when I went to King of Hammers, it was making these noises, and one of the things I was like, well, maybe it's the front drive shaft because it's got that like really coarse spline drive shaft, and there's like some play, and I'm like, well, maybe it's just doing this. Well, not even when you're not driving spinning. in two wheel drive though. No, no, no. Just while it's not spinning, it's just shaking, right? Mm. It wasn't. It wasn't that because I was under the truck yeah. and somebody was sitting in it, and I was like, "Does this sound like it?" He's like, "Kind of." So I was like, "Let's just bungee cord the shit out of it for like an exit and see if that stops it." And it did not. So, um, but there's like some leaf spring clamps that are rattling. There's or like at least loose when I'm under the truck. There's like exhaust stuff that probably needs to be like tidied up. But yeah, I'm is just, it definitely in two gears or in between two gears? It's, it's, it seems like it happens in overdrive. Hmm. Like once um, it's engaged, not like during the engagement of overdrive. Right. Once it's engaged, um, hmm. there is no overdrive in second, at least the way it's programmed. So I don't hear it in second or first. Hmm. So. Yeah, it's interesting. It could also be in the 205 because it's a gear-driven case with like a bunch of lash. So, I don't know. They make this stuff called Shutterstop. It may actually be the the product name. I can't remember either way. I took a photo of it. I had a a, four, a fairly new 4Runner, but it was out of warranty. And it had this like tiny shutter. And I don't even remember when it happened. It was just like, it's like, eh, I guess it's kind of doing something. And someone recommended this product. They were like, hey, try some of this stuff. It was like GM's, GM uses this shit all the time. Like, they tell you if you get a brand new, like, what is it, a 6L80. They're like, you just put this in from the factory. It's like, they shutter so bad. And sure enough, I just I literally did nothing but dump this little, like, two-ounce tube in this transmission. And it 100% fixed it. So I'm just uh, saying for Yeah, it's called. For as cheap as it is, like. Even Instant if it's like, shutter fix with two X's. That might be the stuff. I don't know. I don't feel like that's what it was, but okay, okay, okay. Or maybe it was. Maybe it was. I know I took a photo of it, but it's been so long ago. I'd have to try to figure out how to find that on my phone. G the GM eight speed TCC shutter solution lube guard platinum universal automatic transmission fluid protectant. Uh, yeah, probably that. I mean, if I had to guess. I'm trying to look nice. through my photos to see if I can find it. OEM recommended solution. Total flush and fill using 20 bottles underlined and, ex- and full and oh. capitalized of expensive ATF. At less expensive solution, add two bottles of LubeGuard Platinum for $38. You're exactly <laughs> right. It's LubeGuard Instant Shutter Fix 2Xs. That's exactly what it is. Is that what you use? Yeah, that's what it's I use. It's like 12 it. bucks. Yeah, it's cheap. I mean, I could try it. I'm just saying for 12 bucks, you literally, and it was just one too. I'm always worried about using like those magic fluid fix things, you know, like just saying like I would never I would never use like on an engine that I cared much about. I would never use um, like cooling system stop leak. Oh, no, I completely agree with you. But the shutter fix, I mean, it clearly does something to the fluid to make it operate better because the issue with GMs, at least, 
is, okay, so it has this shutter. If I put another transmission in it, it's also going to shutter because that's what they do. And so the fix <laughs> is this stuff and you put it in there and yeah. it fixes it. It's not like a Band-Aid. It's like you put it in there right, and it's right, like, right. oh, no, it's done now. So yeah. I don't the exactly understand it. never used it, to do this but... and I do feel like it has gotten worse over time. So it probably is something in the transmission or transfer case. Could be the doubler, could be the 205, who knows. But anyway, I don't know. one I of the like things I probably need to do is like tear down the two. It, it might not actually be a shutter though. Okay. Like it's it's a noise. Hmm. But it could also be a noise because it's shuddering, you know? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It'll be all right. Until it's not, and it'll usually let you know when it's not all right. Yeah. Well, I feel like I just, I'm worried it's letting me know it's not all right right now, <laughs> you know? I mean, but that's, I've, that's... I've also I've also put like 20,000 miles on it since the no- I noticed the noise and just like slowly gotten worse. That's the thing about stuff like that. Sometimes, you know, a customer will bring a car in like that and they're like, oh, got this noise. And we're like, well, we can't find it. And like, wait till it's worse. Because when it's worse, it'll tell us what it is. Like, yeah. Or something will fail. And then you're doing. Like, yeah. I mean, it sucks that that's the case. But sometimes you just can't find a noise. Like, you try, like, try. Would, you would, spend hours would, or days and it's like, sorry. Yeah. Like, I'm at the point right now where I'm like, yeah, I drove it across the country with the trailer. And it didn't get, like, noticeably worse during that trip. Hmm. So I'm like, how much worse is it going to get really quickly? But also, I also wouldn't want to go to like Moab right now or, or Sand Hollow or something like that with it like this if I didn't have, like if I could fix it, you know, if it's like, oh, you need a new transmission, that would suck. Um, but like if I can rebuild the 205, that's like a hundred bucks in like a, a weekend, you mm-hmm. know, and that I would do. It would suck because like getting a 205 out fucking is oh, yeah. like the worst thing in the world. They're a bit heavy. But yeah, just a bit. And then I have to lug it around my stupid house. <laughs> <laughs> it's just in the living like, room. Well, I mean, I have a garage, but I, <laughs> if the truck is in the driveway taken apart, I can't open the garage door because they're barn doors. That's true. <laughs> so I have to like put, I have this, <laughs> there's this like decorative wheelbarrow in the backyard with which had landscaping in it. And then we got all that rain and it just like flooded it. So now I'm like, I could just put it in that and wheel it to the... <laughs> other side of the house you're just using this decorative wheelbarrow that your landlord left there as like a full-blown exactly. workhorse <laughs> yep pretty much it's because it's got big wheel like the wheels are on the side of it right yeah. so it has like 27 inch tires on it oh my god those are massive so, so it just rolls over every i mean they're like wagon wheels yeah, right? yeah. you know so it just <laughs> rolls it. over everything i've put the welder in it to move it to the front of the house before which is great because the welder's like 70 pounds but the 205 is even more than that. So, yeah, it'll work. Anyway, I digress. Um, uh, sorry, gross. We were going to talk about other stuff, but we've been talking about all this random bullshit for 42 minutes now. <laughs> do we just completely skip talking about... Can I do, go right back to where I said, speaking of Fords, trail repair. Yeah, let's do that. We could try. We could try to fit in some trail repair talk. That's at least somewhat useful or interesting, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know. My shit, my shit don't break, well, here, so I don't know. With... But you know, <laughs> hey, nice. I think everybody. Well, it, those avid listeners. I was gonna. Oh, so okay, I was gonna ask, what's the most involved trail repair you've been involved in? Hmm, been involved I, I have, in. I was gonna I say, if mind. it's my own shit, it'd be one thing, but been involved in, and it was a repair yeah. that we successfully did. I, well involved in or we fixed it and drove it out 
either or hmm, okay i have well, to say right so fix it <laughs> wheeled it or drove it out the one that immediately comes to mind is when i was riding with steve and he sheared all his studs off of his <laughs> left front hub all his wheel studs and we we're like uh what do we do now and i don't know why it took so long to figure this out like it's raining and like we're just like standing there like looking at this thing on the ground like what the hell do we do and eventually i was like oh we just go steal studs off of snow day because snow day was already broke and i was like i'll just give you some lug nuts because they're a different size and we'll just literally pull the hub knock them out pull some new ones in and drive it off that's exactly what we did and it worked like a charm but for some reason we had all these like harebrained ideas before that i don't remember what they were but they were all terrible and then eventually we came to that (laughs) like put bolts in it huh like put bolts in it i don't we don't even think we got that far it went from like terrible 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 idea and then i was just like oh can't we just put new studs in place of your broken ones and it's like oh oh yeah (laughs) like weld the wheel to the hub even though it's aluminum yeah that yeah yeah i mean it's just like everything we're like oh we can like take some ratchet straps and a log and like make a skid and like and we're like no because we're like on this hard trail there's no way it's gonna stay like everything was a terrible idea until we were like just fix it correctly and then everyone's like oh yeah yeah there you go we just fix it correctly The log skid ratchet strap idea reminded me of that time we were at Moonlight. Oh, God. And that guy comes by. Were you there for that? You waited. I was there, but I waited, and eventually you guys never came back, and me and Nick just bailed. We were like, well, hope they're yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I'll, I'll just tell that story real quick. So, me and Groey and Mike and Nick, who is an FJ, were at Moonlight the first time, and this guy comes up. He's like, hey, you know, I'm, I got this Jeep that's got a broken knuckle or whatever. And it's kind of stuck, and like I think it needs a tow out. And we're like, he's like, I would prefer like a big heavy rig because like we can't move it with this other vehicle. And I'm like, okay, I got a big heavy rig. And so we get there, and I'm like, dude, this thing is in a ravine. The knuckle is broken. Um, I thought you just need me to like winch you up so somebody else could tow you out, but like you're gonna need to be dragged out. So we, it took forever. It was a bunch of winching. It was kind of fun, but it was just annoying that it was like right as we were about to leave. Um. So anyway, yeah, it took us like an hour and a half, but I digress. Uh, a, a log skid would have been really nice. There just weren't any logs nearby. So a log um, skid would be nice if the log was like nice and like smooth on the bottom and like had beveled edges, almost like a I don't know, like a picture like a canoe or something. Like that'd be really nice. <laughs> just take a canoe. Just take a canoe and out there and just ratchet strap your knuckle to a canoe and good to go. It's perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I was thinking you were gonna say. Um, when Charlie Walker came to the Badlands at one time. I don't know if I was his... involved in that other than I was awake while they were trying to use like an impact in the middle of the night. Me and Patty didn't get a goddamn bit of sleep. Oh, I thought you were like heavily involved in that. I guess not. I See, that was like way back in the day before I knew what a Dana 60 Kingpin was really. I don't feel like I helped that much with that repair. Now... I might have helped him like get it back to camp, but honestly, it's been so long ago. I don't really remember. His buddy mm. like pulled parts off another rig and threw it in his van, and, like drove hours to get there, and then they spent all night putting it together. I'm pretty sure I was trying to yeah. sleep during that. That sucks. Yeah. All right. Well, then that wasn't that involved, I guess. Um. What about you? I'm, try- I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to. Sorry. You've Thailand, made so many trail repairs. How could you even like pick one that was like the most like. I mean, the most the most involved one on my rig was when I welded the tie rod back together on the trail. 
Yeah. Because, like, I mean, I guess. That actually doesn't sound that involved. Like, you just, like, done. I mean, it's, okay, the the amount of, like, trail brakes on my rig on the trail are that and some broken axle shafts and drive shafts. So, like, yeah, swap in new ones. Like, those aren't super involved. I get you. Yeah, I've done that, too. I think most of my, like, I usually am just, like, lending tools and, like, lending a hand to people that break stuff. Um, Present party included. Yeah. So, Derek, do you have the tools I need? <laughs> yes. So that was, I have I have some questions <laughs> written down here, and it's what tools to bring. And I guess for me, it's everything. Everything. Literally everything. I would always so I, joke I, that the way to go wheeling, like how to prepare, is I'm like, oh, I wheel with Derek. I don't need to prepare. And then I moved away. Uh, now I have to Aww. prepare. Damn it, Derek. <laughs> um. So I used to just have like a tool kit in my truck of like everything. And then before Ultimate Adventure, I tried to pare it down to like these. Are, like I don't need a 16 millimeter wrench like or even a 17. Because you have a 5 GMs, GMs don't use that or I have a 5 eighths. Um, but GM don't use 17 or 16 millimeter. True. They do 15, 13 and 18. So like why would I bring anything else, you know? Um, except for the 1979 Ford axle under the front, I guess, mm-hmm. and 205. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But those are 916ths, half, and 3.8ths? Sure, maybe. Who knows? Something like that. But yeah. regardless, it's all standard. That's what you're trying to say. Yeah. Um, so I like pared down tools that I don't actually need. And so as long as I don't wheel with like Toyota guys, I'm good. <laughs> um, or they have their or own Or they tools. bring their own damn tools. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, I I like having the welder, the, which is really just jumper cables that have the ability to connect both of my batteries together in series, and an electrode holder, which is like the extra fancy part, and then electrodes because you can make a tool if you need to. Honestly, did and you so end up that, using that welder to fix your tie rod? I ended up using that welder to fix my tie rod to get it back to camp, and then I ground all of those booger welds out. And uh, Connor uh, Lund, who was with us, had, you know, he trailered his rig there and he brought a generator and welder with him. Nice. So then you did it clean. Like, yeah, we did it real clean. Like, I actually, the stick welds that I did, I wouldn't have really felt that bad about driving home on. Well, okay. There's one. So we didn't have a new tie rod that would go in. So when we welded it back together on the trail, it was just like, we drilled a hole in some angle iron. We welded it to the tie rod, and then we like bolted the broken tie rod through that hole in the angle iron to make. So it wasn't like that. I wouldn't have driven home on, but back at camp, I probably could have welded it a little bit nicer with the stick welding. But he had a, a MIG with flex core, and oh, it yeah. was it was much better. Obviously, so. but I probably could have done it. It just wouldn't have been nearly as pretty. So, hey Derek, and don't ask me if I'm still running that. Tie rod. Derek, I got a I got a pause marker. Okay. What wait, hold on. What time is it? Uh fifty one minutes almost exactly. Should I hit pa- I'm actually just gonna pause my audacity right now? Don't just leave it running. Just leave it running? Okay. Yeah, I'll just I'll cut it out later. Okay, I'll be back in a little bit. I gotta take okay. care of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pooping. 
15 minutes later. What were we talking about, though? Oh, man, I was going to ask you that. We probably should have discussed that before we started recording again. Yeah. Um, you were talking about maybe a trail fix or noise on your truck, something like that. I don't know. Oh, yeah, the noise on the truck. Yeah, but I'm going to maybe try the shutter stop stuff that you recommended, because why not? Yeah, exactly. It's cheap. Why not? It doesn't hurt anything. If GM uses it on, like, brand new transmissions, then it's probably fine. Or they at least use it as a permanent Band-Aid. That, I'm fine with a permanent Band-Aid yeah. also. Yeah. Um, I guess the next question is how much is too much, but we kind of already talked about that a little bit. Actually, I got an interesting topic. Um, would you, to save weight and give yourself some more storage space, especially if you had a smaller vehicle, like we wheel full sizes, so we got storage for days. True. If you had like a Jeep or a flat fender or like a Samurai or something like that, you want a spare tire. Because if you like totally like slice the shit out of the sidewall and you can't plug it, it's good to have a spare tire. True. At least finish the trail. Um, and, but what are the odds that you also fuck up the wheel? Pretty low, right? Hmm. Like, especially if you have bead locks. I guess. What are your thoughts on bringing just a spare tire and not a spare wheel? It does. Okay. My thoughts are pretty simple. I mean, I immediately had an answer for this, so I think that it's a pretty easy one. I don't feel like it saves you any space because the tire is what takes up the space, not the wheel, except for, I guess, what's in the center of it, which is almost nothing. If you had to change the bead lock, it'd be a nightmare, especially on the trail, because that's just a terrible job. Yeah. And the weight savings is marginal. What is a, a bead lock wheel weigh, like 30, 40 pounds? 40, pa- 40 pounds. Okay, but that's, that's marginal, even on a small rig. But if you had a samurai Man. that weighs 400 pounds, that's a percent. That is 1%. Okay. 4,000 pounds. Did I say 400? 4,000. All right. So what you're saying is you are determined to carry a spare, but you're trying to save some weight. Yeah. I have a solution. It's not my solution. Someone else thought of this, but it was a good one. Kirk on his... I can't remember what that truck is. CJ something. Seven probably? Yeah. His spare is a very... It's smaller. So it's a very narrow tire rather than having like a mm. i don't know like a 15 16 inch wide like 43 or something he has some sort of i wish i could remember the size because it was like oh yeah that's genius it was like a similar size but very narrow like maybe like a 10 or 11 wide tire or something and so nice. it's like slid into an area that otherwise a very large tire wouldn't so Nice. If you just needed to get off the trail, couldn't you just carry any spare? Now, granted, if you're, like, welded front rear or, like, have lockers and we're worried about, you know, fucking something up, maybe not. But if you're, say, you're not locked in the front or you have a selectable locker or something like that or one of your two axles isn't, you could carry, say, a 33-inch spare. Like a 33 by, I don't know, 950 or something. It's like it would get you off the trail. And you could weigh a lot less. That's a good point. Um, actually, it's interesting that you mentioned that. I mean, mine's not quite as extreme as that, but the 40-inch Patagonia that I have as a spare is about an inch narrower than the Baja Bosses that I have on the truck. And they're both technically 40 by 13.5 R17s. Sure. But 
it is physically narrower and lighter as a result of it, hmm. right? It weighs like 10 pounds less, which, again, is that is truly marginal in the grand scheme of things. Especially on your but, rig. Yeah. But another thing... So, he, uh, okay, you could put stuff... If, if you were really strapped for space, like we're talking samurai, okay, and you had like tool rolls... You could throw those inside the tire. You could throw, like, tarps and shit inside the tire. You could throw, you know, I don't know, stuff that, like, kind of is loose. You can bundle up and goes inside the tire. So you could save some more space. It's not a lot, but it's something. I don't know. I mean, when was the last time that you had to take a tire, like, put a spare on your rig? <laughs> I am because I also don't know. I mean, even when I was at Johnson Valley, I was like, I don't want to fucking swap the spare on. I'm just gonna plug this sidewall slice. Yeah, I just I, I I always carry my spare. Or like, actually, recently when we've been wheeling, I've been leaving it on the trailer just because I don't yeah. feel like getting it up there. You know, it's just like oh, right, it weighs right, like right. 200 pounds. Not really, but you know, it weighs probably 130 or something. 130, like, yeah. yeah, 140 probably. I just don't want to put it up there. So unless I've done it before I get there, which I will sometimes do because I have aluminum ramps at home, I'll just like roll it up there and ratchet strap it down mm-hmm. and leave it there the whole weekend. But usually I'm like, ah, why bother? Although I think with the new cage, I'm probably going to build some sort of fancy mount to give it like a 90s show truck feel or just like up at an angle nice. or something. Yeah, it'd just be kind of nice. cool. Like 90s Baja. Exactly. Actually, you know, you got the cage. You could have like... Like, on the very end of the cage, you could have, like, two tabs on each side and, like, build a tube thing that, like, hinges it all the way down so you can, like, mount it sort of on the ground or at least very low to the ground. And then it, it it's it's not that it sucks to lift that much weight. I mean, that's a lot of weight. But to, like, freehand it, like, 20-something inches in front of you mm. is, like, damn near impossible oh, yeah, without throwing sure. your back out. But if you can, like, grab the edge of it and like lift it into place that's a lot easier yeah because so, like, you're not supporting it you're just picking up the yeah weight. you're just lifting it or, yeah, yeah you're exactly. only lifting not also balancing interesting so you're saying build so, something where like i like mount it on the ground and then like roll it up into place yeah like like uh, i know like, what you're here's saying the bed of the tr- here's the bed of the truck yeah and it like this is where it lives and my pinky finger is the spare uh-huh. and so you like do it here so you like roll the tire in place bolt it from yeah, I front totally of the see truck what you're side, yeah. and then just whoop, whonk, and then you like use like hitch pins or something to hold it in place. That's crazy to think about. So crazy, it just might work. Well, I didn't. Bray wanted to bring the kickers all the way to the back of the bed, but I just didn't like how mm. that looked, so I had him bring it like I don't know, like a foot forward or something. So I'm not exactly sure how that would work. I mean, it might still work, but it would just be a little more wonky. Hmm. I mean, you could also just have like something that attaches into like your hitch. That like, foomp, and then you like. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Ro- hit, rotate it up into the bed, and then like it comes back off or something. I don't know, but I think I I'm probably my, just. I gonna use my not. high lift. What? Like when I when I have to ha- when I have to put the spare in, and like I'm not at home, I just use the high lift as like a ramp. Oh, <laughs> so that's actually a really good idea. When I thought of that, I don't know. Yours, your your bed is higher than mine. That's though, true. It's quite a bit higher. Yours is off, but yours is off the frame by a fair bit. But still, I do like work. the idea. Um. But what I usually do if I absolutely need it is I just uh, have a buddy help, and that works just fine. Just like, hey, help me lift this stupid thing up onto my truck, and then someone's like, okay. Yeah, if if, one, if each person grabs one side of the tire, exactly. it's definitely a lot easier. So, um, I don't know. That's all I got. 
Oh, what's the single most important tool to you on the trail? I guess I have to think about it in like what tool have I needed the most? Because like I would like immediately I think like a jack, but honestly, my high lift jack almost never comes out. Yeah. So like, I mean, a jack's important. Let's assume that like the vehicle has some sort of like, you know, chintzy little scissor or screw jack in it, which might do the trick on some vehicles, but some vehicles it wouldn't even be enough if you put bigger tires on it. That wasn't um, that crispy, Derek. No, it's because I had to use my ring to open it. No. I didn't have to, but um, but you could like block it up, right? Yeah, that's true. Okay, so barring a jack and like a lug wrench, what Which, again? If you yeah, have a jack, I know I was going to say the same yeah. thing. Um, what else is really vital? I mean, for me, I would probably want either a socket set or and ratchet or like a wrench, uh, like a monkey wrench or universal wrench adjustable wrench yeah i was gonna i was actually also gonna say a socket set i just can't imagine like obviously pry bars are usually important too but like just your run-of-the-mill socket set but that's the thing is like i when i think about a very basic tool set you've got sockets ratchets extensions screwdrivers um pliers. like obviously hex keys and and yeah, yeah a full plier set and so like that's like your very very basic tool set like something you would if you just went and bought like auto mechanic tool set for like hardware freight for twenty nine ninety nine, <laughs> that's what would be in it, right? Just like the most yeah. very basic tools possible. So like I'd say that set. But I realize that's a lot of tools. Like I don't know if you're talking about like a single wrench or like or what? Like a, what's defined as like a tool? Is a, is a, a tool yeah, set? Yeah, I guess that's kind a of tool? a Yeah, that's a not vague question, but difficult question to answer. So Maybe we could say like niche tool. Oh, that's easy. That's the uh the what do you call it? The socket for the hubs. Oh. I know you yeah. can use a screwdriver and a hammer, but it is so much nicer, especially if you're torquing things to uh tighten down your your spindle nut with a socket. That's just my opinion. I carry one. Yeah, I mean, I carry one too cuz they're not that heavy and they don't take up that much space cuz you can put other shit inside of it like mm. other sockets. But, like, if it really did come down to it, you could do it with a screwdriver and a hammer, like you said. If you didn't like, you get wouldn't it too tight. It right. But, like, yeah, but if you're just getting off the trail. No, I'm just saying you got to get it loose. I, hey. I know that Sorry. technically your spindle bearings are supposed to be tightened to, what is it, like zero, zero backlash, not backlash, zero play. And then, like, once there's zero play, you're supposed to, like, back it off and actually leave them loose. But because we run huge yeah, like tires, I'm like, zero nah. preload. Yeah, preload. That's it, preload. I always run mm-hmm. a little bit of preload because I'm just like, there's no way I'm going to leave these bearings loose. That's just, like, a recipe for disaster. I don't know if it's a recipe for disaster, per se, but it, it definitely does seem to... Like, it just I seems wrong to me. And I drive mine on the highway, so... Yeah. But I don't add a ton of preload. Like, I just... I, I back... I do what it says. I tighten it all the way, or I tighten it to 50 foot-pounds or whatever while rotating the hub and then I back it off to where there's like zero preload and then I go one notch forward so yeah like a tiny yeah. little bit of preload yeah I think I probably do a little more than that I don't know it just feels weird on the me. highway as much huh you know drivers on the highway not as much, as much but I definitely oh well, I yeah. definitely don't drive across country or anything but I would drive it you know a couple hours yeah fair 
I don't know. Just especially no pretty once you ones get a Dana me. sixty in it. What'd you say? Since when you, especially once you get a Dana sixty in it. Yeah, a Dana sixty, and I'm only going to be able to top out at fifty five miles an hour at like red 60. line. Sixty. Dana sixty. Stop saying that. <laughs> why not? I don't or know. Why? <laughs> you can go sixty miles an hour oh with a Dana sixty. Oh my god. I opened my next beer, so this is just going to be a shit show. Derek opened his second beer, like literally opened it, and now he's instantly drunk. So enjoy us on the <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> um, I'm going to cop out and say ingenuity is the most important tool on the trail. <sighs> Such a cop out, Derek. Because you're right. I mean, I thought that I thought of it. I didn't think of the word ingenuity, but I was like, oh, the best tool is your brain, right? So you have to like know yeah. the best solution for a trail fix, but or just creative ones, right? Like I've seen, I I've seen some really creative shit. Like I I didn't know. I remember we were at the Badlands one time, and TD needed to dismount a tire from a wheel or something. And like I'd seen like slide hammers and I'd seen people use the high lift jack trick mm-hmm. where you like stick it under the bumper to break a bead. But he was like, this is way faster. And he like took a piece of, you know, a four by four and just had another vehicle drive up on it. Granted, you need another vehicle to do this, but it worked and it was fast. And I was like, whoa, that's that's pretty that's pretty ingenious. Yeah. Right. And so like I did, a lot of it's too a lot of that ingenuity comes from like experience too sadly um like seeing other people do stuff but in the age of social media like i've seen some pretty creative trail fixes that i'm like well if that ever happens to me now i have a new creative solution you know for real so and that's where i came up with the i, I didn't come up with it. that's where i saw the like just run a spare tire and no spare wheel was from some people online that are like you know really counting their their grams and ounces try and make their vehicle as light as possible so while still being prepared while still being prepared exactly um like you could go on ultimate adventure with a spare wheel or spare tire and no spare wheel because those are the rules right you need a spare tire you don't need a spare wheel um that's a good i point. didn't but it does save some weight so takes longer to put on if you need to but at least you have it that's the thing about wheeling like that is you need to be prepared with what's in your rig i'm so used to wheeling somewhere where you're at an off-road park that i'm just like eh the tools and the spares can all live on the trailer and the truck and i just won't bring anything with me and then if i need it oh well somebody will give me a ride back and right yeah that's been that's not been but i've been like preparing i mean i went on ultimate adventure which is like that but i've leading up to that i was like practicing for that and now that i'm in california where there are more like point a to b trails like the rubicon or four dice like it should come into hand it it should come in handy yeah i don't know we'll see anywho is that all we wanted to talk about this week i don't know before we go to patreon uh we could getting pretty late since you took that long yep i know i did need a break (laughs) what can i say Yep. It's Easter egg. I ate uh, extra good. That's nice. I ate extra good as well the day before Easter. Oh, yeah, because it's not Easter yet there. Yeah, that's right. Well, now it is. Because we've been talking for long enough to make it Easter there. Yeah. Now it's 1 a.m. or whatever the fuck. So that makes it, what, 4 a.m. here? 
Something like that, yeah. Mike's a trooper this week. Yeah, I just <laughs> somehow don't have to go to work tomorrow and don't have to take care of my baby, so yay. Yeah, yeah it's fine. It's fine. It's fine, it's fine. Um, it is getting late, so I guess we should start shouting out to our partners, starting with Morflate. If you need to inflate or deflate your tires in a very efficient manner with a good quality product, check out Morflate. And then there's complete off-road if you need anything to complete your off-road rig. That's right. 563-583-5363. Oh, I think I spoke over you. Go ahead. Do it again. 5835. Damn it. 583-56. Now I don't remember it. I know it, but I don't remember (laughs) it now. You ruined it, All right. I'll just mute myself. 563? 583-563-53. Wait, you don't know it now. Five, now none of us know fuck. it. <laughs> yeah. 563583536. Oh my god. You had it right the first time. I know I had it right the first time, but you apparently talked over me. I didn't even hear you. <sighs> Man, we suck. 563583536. I just want to make sure we got it right. Yeah. I was like, I better get this right. I googled it. It's the only company that you call. Everybody else you just go to their website. Yeah, but complete yeah, off-road, exactly. you got a call for some reason. Just kidding. Crawler they have a off- website, too. Crawler off-road for your recovery needs. You can get yourself a nice, long, 10-foot soft shackle to act as a tree saver and also a soft sac- shackle. Or it would come in really handy if you were, like, towing a rig out of the woods or something like that and you didn't want, like, 25 feet as toe strap between you and that rig. Just saying. Who am I I missing, Mike? Uh, uh, Offer Anonymous. I was having a brain fart. I was like, Milwaukee Packout Cups, who makes those? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Milwaukee Packout Cups. Offer Anonymous makes them. (laughs) (laughs) For all your Milwaukee Packout Cup needs. For all your Milwaukee Packout Cup mount needs. Offer Anonymous. Well, and many other things. No, any, only much Milwaukee. any mount needs. Tabs count as mounts. You can either use them as shock mounts or tie downs on your axle. Or they've if got grinder mounts. I was going to say grinder they've mounts. Yeah, just Milwaukee least, cup mounts. If you need to mount anything to anything, like actually axle trusses too. If you need to mount links to your axle. Yeah, I mean, like basically, just like I want that attached to that. It's like uh, go call up Jacob Tuma. He does that. I'm actually curious. Do they make any? Does does Jacob make anything that's not for mounting? Everything he makes is to attach something to something else. All or a products. I'm on their website right now. We got an upper link bracket. Well, that mounts your link to your axle. We've got a Toyota truck key rack that mounts your keys to your wall. <laughs> We've got a. Oh my god! Fire extinguisher bar. mounts. Fire extinguisher mounts. Shit! They got it. There's a Chevy C10 key rack i didn't know that that thing's dope as hell need need is the right word oh i found one i found one is it the Here dice kit it's the dice kit. <laughs> i knew it i fucking knew it i keep seeing see those and thinking to myself like i should buy one that sounds like fun it does sound like fun doesn't it i, I really want I, i'm hoping that at some point in like the next year or so i have enough money to buy a tig because i'd really like to learn how to tig I kind of know, but not. I'm not good at it. I'd like to spend more time getting better at it. Practice makes perfect. Um, yeah, dice would be perfect for that. 
Ooh, 1980s Ford grill key rack. That's pretty freaking dope. If you're into that sort of thing. If you're into, yeah. If you like to break down. Yeah, that. Found on Road Dead. <laughs> the oldest trick in the book. The oldest trick, the oldest. Truck in the, book? in the book? I don't know. Oldest nice. Oldest truck in the book. And on that note. Wait, did you forget Crawler right. Off Road? Or did you already say them? I said Crawler Off Road. Did bitch. we get all four? Yeah, we got all four. Okay. Who are you on the socials? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> you can find me at Mike So Funny on Instagram. I am D Man Blues Freak on Instagram. I don't post that much anymore. Sorry. I post more RC stuff than truck stuff, but I do post both. I think there's a good it's variety fun. of fun stuff. If it's if it's got I mean, vivid colors, when you get like, Snow Day back, I need Snow when you Day get back. Snow Day oh back you'll be posting the 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 cages and the wheelins and the stuffs. I can't wait. It's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are the Total Offroad Podcast, which is Total underscore Offroad underscore Podcast. With that, Michael, do you have any last words? I do. Here comes Peter Cottontail, hopping down the bunny trail. Hippity hoppity, Easter's on its way. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Easter's actually today, but for you, it's on its way. Well, I mean, Easter's today now, though, so <laughs> just, it's coming in hot, man. Holy crap. All right, well, with that uh, bombshell, we'll call it, we'll catch you on the trail. <laughs> Oh my god, that's <laughs> hilarious! I can't. You were like, I got last words for you, Derek. <laughs> I knew it'd be funny, but I didn't think it'd be that silly.